Despite what we know about the value of infusing art and music into our children's lives, 1.3 million students in the United States don't have access to music education classes. Why aren't we investing more in arts programs that enrich children's lives and lead to success in other subjects? And what can we do to ensure more children are exposed to the transformative power of music and the arts? This is what I want to know. And today I'm joined by Michael Powers to find out. Michael Powers is the music department chair at the Los Angeles County High School for the Arts and the founder and artistic director of the newly formed Orchestra Los Angeles. He is also an accomplished conductor who has led a wide variety of orchestras and ensembles in the U.S. and around the world. But perhaps most of all, he is a leading advocate for music and arts education, and he is with us today to explore how we can bring these programs to more kids and why it is so vitally important that we do. Michael, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It's such a pleasure to be here and to meet you and to be able to speak with our friends here listening today. I'm always fascinated how people get to where they are and your commitment and dedication to the notion of music. It really germinated when you were young. Tell us a little bit about that. My uncle gave me a clarinet when I was about, I would say, uh, 11, 12 years old. And I took that clarinet to school and I went to the band where they're going to choose an instrument. I said, I want to play clarinet. And the band director says, we have enough clarinets already. How about one of these instruments over here? And I looked, I didn't know what any of them were. These brass instruments uh, in hindsight, I didn't think there was a trombone and a euphonium and a French horn. And I said, well, that looks interesting. That curly, yeah, you know, French big horn. bell French horn. <laughs> right. And they get, you know, the, the band director said, okay, great. Well, we're going to get you started. Here's a mouthpiece. <laughs> I said, well, I don't get to play. Nope. Mouthpiece. And they taught me how to buzz and give me a little mirror. In two weeks, you must buzz this mouthpiece before we give you the instrument. That period passed by. They finally gave me the instrument and sat down in the classroom. There's other kids around. We put that mouthpiece in that French horn. I sat down and I made a sound kind of like this. <laughs> It just went all over the place, but it was my start. It was just like, it was just like, oh, wow, magic. I'm making a sound here. It kind of sparked an interest. It sparked a like, hey, this, this is something I never experienced before. I'm making the sound. I, I'm engaging with this. And I started my journey in band. But you obviously, Michael, had a lot of natural talent. It had to be in there. I mean, and let, let me ask you this, because th this leads to a, a question I was going to ask you when we talked about the students you serve. For many years, uh, I felt I had no artistic talent. I mean, I said, I, I can't draw, I wasn't good, in, and, and I don't have any musical talent. I have since come to believe that we all have some of that in us. It just has to be cultivated the right way. Is that a fair approach? percent. Somebody says they're tone deaf. Well, one or two people that, that can be clinically diagnosed, but the rest of them are afraid of failing. And it's the, it's the job of, 
It's I, w- the job I was of, running from the choir. <laughs> <laughs> it's the job of, of these arts professionals, these teachers, to say, come in and create that environment. You can do this. Here's how we're going to do this. So let's take this to your work with uh, Los Angeles County High School for the Arts, because you obviously see a lot of many Michael Powers come through those those halls at that school. I'm see I'm seeing them come through. Now I have to say this is my second year. I started during the pandemic and I didn't get that one-on-one connection to the students, learning who they are and what their stories were. And this is this year has been a lot of that learning who they are, where they're coming from. And I've now been through two cycles of admissions and learning who these kids are. In fact, in fact, now I'm able to see these same stories of these kids in L.A. who don't have strong music edu- education programs in their schools, but they're, they're finding their way. And we are definitely fortunate here in L.A. because we have so many resources to have things like YOLA, Youth Orchestra L.A., the program with L.A. Philharmonic, Harmony Project, Inner City Arts, the Neighborhood Music School in Boyle Heights, and schools like LAXA, Grand Arts downtown, and other magnets. Now imagine, okay, Los Angeles, of course, we're really lucky to have all these resources, but who's the kid in Cloverdale, California, with a tiny school district, like you mentioned before, where these cuts are being made for the arts, how do they get access? Well, see, Michael, that's why you're there. And, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge your career prior to getting involved with students. You've become a world-renowned conductor, and people know your work. And, and this is the one question I wanted to make sure I asked you. What led you to sort of deviate a little bit from that professional music career and get your hands dirty with the up-and-coming students of tomorrow? A life in conducting, naturally, if, if you're one that's always seeking to communicate more powerfully with groups of people, human beings, students, adults, professionals, whoever they are, you become a natural teacher. You become a person who's invested in seeing the best in every individual coming together collectively to make music the best way they know how. In fact, my years of teaching at USC... I taught orchestra and conducting, and I thought a lot about what is conducting. I thought a lot about that because I was teaching students who had been my colleagues. I graduated in 05 and was very lucky to be hired to start teaching in 05, the fall, in, right out of graduate school. And so literally I had students in my classroom who I'd been sitting next to the, the spring before. So I had to think long and hard, why am I here And why am I the one teaching you? What does it mean then conducting and to be a conductor? And it took me a few years to really hone in on this. And this is my best go. Conducting is the musical art which helps every person to achieve their best through the environment you create. Is it what you expected it to be? It is. And (laughs) it's a big job. And I inherited a a wonderful faculty, but a lot of legacy faculty. I mean, people like working there. I have faculty that have been there for more than 20 years. (laughs) I've got a wonderful vocal jazz legend, Miss Pat Bass, 
still teaching 25 years later vocal jazz and gospel. I've got, you know, Mr. Mountner teaching orchestra for 20 plus years. I've got Nellie Gazarian and Miss Larson teaching piano for decades. So there's a way that we do it at Laksa. So I'm coming in going like, bravi tutti. Great job, everyone. This is great. And here's a vision for the next level of what I believe music education can and go. So what does that mean? I, I talk about the 21st century musician as opposed to the conservatory musician. I grew up in a conservatory environment with, where I was trained. And so you're going to learn your instrument really well, and you're going to take auditions, and you're going to win a job, and you're going to make a living as a musician or a conductor, whatever the, the endeavor. I believe that that mode, that model is evolving and needs to evolve that the idea of being a musician needs to include a few more things than just learning well an instrument. And this is what I'm trying to bring back to Loxa. But I'll say a musician, an artist, let's just make it a bigger picture here. An artist needs to understand their role as a citizen, that they are part of a greater community in which to make an impact. But to have it in the DNA of the definition of an artist is what you're talking about. And and I love the not so subtle shifts in trying to help that evolution take place in the way you described it. So this has been fascinating. I, I, I do have one global question I want to ask you before we sign off. And, and um, I, I really think I want to talk to you more at another time. But because I think this, I think that people are still looking at music and arts education in the traditional 20, 30 year old with traditional 20, 30 year old lenses. And I, I think the point you just made about it being an integral part of leadership development and connecting with people and helping pulling out the best in people, the service, I think that's the future. So the question I would ask you, this is what I really want to know. How do you see the best way to bring that vision of a holistic musical experience to America's schools. If I'm going to start in the systemic level, strong arts education, K through 12 across the board, that art in our schools serves a greater purpose than just entertainment or a place to put kids who don't excel at other things. That art is a necessity in our lives. It teaches empathy. It teaches love. It teaches how to work with people. It teaches the ability to believe in oneself and to achieve and to develop great work habits. Physiologically, it develops the brain in a way that no other means can do. In fact, MIT just put out an article this year saying, you want to make your kids smarter? Teach them music, not coding. I'll send you the link if you like, my friend. It, it, and there's a landmark study at USC as well that studied the brains of YOLA students, Youth Orchestra LA, over a course of five years and compared them to students who did not have music and students who took things like the physical skills like sports. You know, Let's study the brain. So both MIT and USC found similar results in that. Music specifically, and, and I don't want to diminish the other arts, but they found music specifically did a more powerful job of developing neural networks that connected the halves of the brains as the synapses between the brains than any other endeavor art or subject 
and that that helps other things outside of music like speech logic and other ways of engaging with other subjects which helps kids to be quote unquote smarter in other words they're they're learning a language in music music is not just bloops and bleeps on a piece of paper it's a symbolic language that translates into vibrational energy that we receive in our body through evolution has accepted and knows that there's an emotion that's related to that it just creates i mean it's a magic thing it is music is magic but it's also being found that music through science we can see how that works how now k k through 12 arts now what what and beyond that when we get to the high school and college level we should be using art to help students to develop entrepreneurship leadership to to think of like I said before, making impact in your community. It's not just a form of entertainment. Representation is one of the new big things that is, has really been an, an important part of this with music specifically, that we need to engage composers and communities to create art, which reflects the identity of our students in the classroom as well. So they feel seen that are then beyond that, our concert halls, our operas, our symphonies, our dance ballets need to make sure that the identity on those stages represents the, the, the students in America as well. That we need more representation so that the art is not something esoteric. It's not something that I can't achieve because I don't see my future self on that stage. It must be relatable and relevant to their lives. Michael Powers, I, I tell you what, I, I really enjoy not just your story, but your evolution as an artist and as a human being and how you that's led you to go to the next level in terms of helping our young people. And so I really appreciate you being on what I want to know. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you too. Thank you. Thanks for joining what I want to know. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to write a review too. Explore other episodes and dive into our discussions on the future of education. I also encourage you to join the conversation and let me know what you want to know using hashtag WIWTK on social media. That's hashtag WIWTK on social media. For more information on Stride, visit stridelearning.com. I'm your host, Kevin P. Chavis. Thank you for joining What I Want to Know. Thank you.